Welcome to the Empowered Eating and Living Podcast, where we dive into your inner world to explore all of the psychological, emotional, energetic, and spiritual components that may be influencing your struggle with food and eating. I'm your host, Sarah Emily Spears, a trained psychotherapist and energy worker who recovered from my own eating disorder. And now I help women just like you do the inner work to address the real issues keeping you stuck in your problematic eating patterns. Because I assure you, your problem with food is about way more than food. So join me and guest experts as we discuss the psychology of eating and healing and empower you with tangible steps you can take today to begin to improve your relationship with food and yourself from a place of true nourishment and care. Tanine is a spiritual teacher, trauma healer, and conscious business coach for influential leaders, artists, and healers. Her mission is to be a leading voice for trauma-informed relating, authentic expression, and spiritual being. She educates on the science of spirituality, manifestation, and miracles, and the psychology of energy and healing to support collective awakening and human optimization. She's the creator of the Energetic Revolution, which is a trauma-informed spiritual healing certification. I recently sat down with Tanine and took her through my process of helping women do the inner work for eating issues. And she was so blown away by the process that we decided to record an entire episode on what that experience was like for her so that you can have a better understanding of what that looks like when I talk about doing the inner work. Because I know it can be very elusive or ambiguous. And as you listen to Tanine talk about her experience, my hope is that you will also understand what's possible for you and feel inspired to begin to do your own inner healing work on your journey to improving your relationship relationship with food, eating, and your body. Hey, babe. Oh, hey. I am so excited. I can't wait. This conversation is going to be so good, so juicy. I've been marinating in this healing session that you so generously provided me this week, and I just can't wait to talk all about it. So we are going to talk all about it. And I'm excited to talk all about it because, well, first, everybody, this is Tanine. So Tanine is one of my my <laughs> sisters. She's like one of my besties on this healing journey, especially this year. She stepped in really big to support me as I was going through a lot of really challenging life transitions. Turns out she's a spiritual mentor and healer and consciousness coach and all these epic, amazing things. And so when you know the opportunity arose for me to support you it was an undeniable yes but it's also amazing because you have this lens and perspective where you really understand healing and so you're able to talk about your experience i think in a way that a lot of women it's going to be eye-opening for them because so many people you know i say oh i help you do the inner work for your eating issues and that's great but like what the heck does that actually mean and look like and feel like. And so you are just the perfect person to really offer that transmission of what that experience is like. I was blown away, honestly, at the experience. And I can't wait to dive into all of the layers of what I experienced because I remember after our session, I was like, Sarah, you are literally going to change the world of eating disorders through this work. It is just so deep. It's so powerful. And it's like, everyone's trying to sell you these quick fixes of like, I can really heal, heal you in a session. Like you literally did that. And I can't like, I'm just so excited to talk about it because I 
have experienced so many different healing modalities doing the work that I do. And I just never experienced anything like this. So I can't wait to share my perspective, my experience, and hopefully inspire people out there to try it themselves because it's incredible. And I could not recommend it more. Thank you. Yes, I'm excited to share as well. But before we do, I just want to give people a little bit of a background into who you are, because you really have lived such an incredible journey already and have immersed yourself in healing work and spiritual studies. And so I want people to understand your background and where you're coming from first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important. And like, where to begin? You know, like who I am in this moment is a trauma healer and a spiritual teacher. And what's brought me into this moment is that when I had my spiritual awakening in my early twenties, I had so much trauma. I was born in Iran. I moved here when I was two years old. My dad ended up becoming a crack addict. He passed away when I was seven. My mom was a single mom for a couple of years. And then I was brought into this blended family and ended up living a really privileged and beautiful life. And there was so much that happened in my earliest years that really had an impact on how I perceived my world, how my nervous system experienced my world. And as I got older, I really loved to party as a way to numb all of the trauma I had experienced. And so as I got older, I started smoking cigarettes and partying and I just wanted to be the most powerful boss ass bitch out there. And so I ended up studying financial analysis. I wanted to work on Wall Street, do that whole thing. And you know, going into my senior year of college, I had this awakening and realized like the life that I was creating for myself was so far from what brought me happiness and who I truly was. And at the time, if you told me I was going to become a spiritual teacher and trauma healer, I would have laughed at you. I would have never believed that this is, you know, such an authentic expression of my being. And, you know, it was such a journey to get here, you know, and my purpose really evolved through all of the uh, turmoil and challenges I experienced on my awakening journey, not being trauma informed and going through an awakening where your nervous system is increasing the amount of energy that it's sensing and feeling and without having these tools, frameworks, just basic understanding of how your body works. You think you're following your intuition, but really it's a trauma response. And so I went through a decade of just really painful, really challenging experiences because I was operating from a trauma response. And so I made it my purpose to support other people in understanding themselves, their bodies, and and really how they're interacting with their world so that they can more easily awaken and step into their most authentic expression. Ah, chills, <laughs> chills, chills, chills. It, it's so powerful. And, you know, you're speaking about the party phase, which is really a numbing phase. Totally. And women who are emotionally eating or binging, it's a very similar 
mechanism of how do I numb or suppress or soothe the inner energies that are stirring inside that are overwhelming or intense or uncomfortable or try to regulate this nervous system that is totally out of whack because of you know big trauma or little trauma that it's experienced and so you know the healing path looks similar regardless of what the numbing mechanism is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we find that food tends to creep back in because we have to eat to live and our relationships with food and eating are just so complex Mm -hmm. so i know you arrived to a point on your journey where you were like oh here's my food and food and eating stuff showing up. Mm-hmm. And so what were you experiencing when, when you reached out to me? Are you willing to share a little bit about what was going on? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, eating and food has always been disordered in my life. And I didn't really become aware of that until about two and a half years ago. I was like in Tulum on the bathroom floor, like felt like a rock bottom moment, feeling so disconnected from my body. And I'd spent two years really healing my relationship with food in my body. And so uh, I hadn't had a, what felt like a disordered relationship with food in quite some time. And I reached out to you being like, Sarah, I don't know what's going on. Like this hasn't happened in a year, maybe even longer. Like I had just been, I've been good. And I remember I was like, you know, when you're healing something really deep and like another layer just comes up and it's even deeper than before. It's like, I, I truly see healing in, in layers. And so I could sense that this was just another layer. Like we kind of got to the surface of the eating stuff and now it's like, okay, let's actually address the underlying thing. And, you know, for me, I binged just so much. I remember I was just eating like 10 tablespoons of almond butter and I'm like watching myself eat like six protein bars. And I'm like, I have, I had no control. I was just watching. I was witnessing. I didn't have judgment around it, but like I noticed how it was like my nervous system, my body was so programmed to go to food as a source of survival, as a like, I'm going to reach for this thing because there is no other source that's going to give me a felt sense of safety or comfort. And this is what it's providing me. It's providing me that safety and comfort. So I'm like watching it with like this incredible level of awareness. And I was like, okay, there's something here. And so I reached out to you and I was like, this is what happened. And there's a part of me that just wants to be in shame and hide it and pretend like it didn't happen and just go along and restricting and figuring my things out. But I was like, I just want to heal it. I I just, and I know, and I love you and I trust you and you are a master of this. And I would just love your support. And so not allowing the shame to like hold me down and just reaching. Yes. There are a few things you've just said that I want to highlight. One of them being that shame piece, mm-hmm. because hands down shame is the most crippling barrier that most people face in actually reaching and asking for help. 
hundred percent. It's like the number one barrier. Shame is our biggest self-saboteur that keeps us stuck in self-loathing, that keeps us stuck in cycles that perpetuate the shame, that keeps us feeling like, see, here's the reason why I can feel bad about myself because I did it again. And so recognizing when you have shame, that that is the opportunity to like lovingly be with it, but not allow it to dictate your staying stuck. Like you still have free will choice to move beyond it and ask for help or find the right support. The other thing that you mentioned, which is really important to highlight, is the process of healing as we start to do the healing work. What I find is women begin to thaw. It's like, I've been numb, I've been disconnected. What emotions, what body? There's like not the awareness that you're speaking about that you have now. And so building the awareness takes time. We have to expand that awareness muscle. And as you begin to process, it's like a little bit at a time. And then you start to thaw and it's like, oh, I'm feeling more because now I have more capacity to be with my emotions. And as you continue to grow that capacity, now, oh shit, the bigger stuff is now showing up. It's like, now we're hitting the really deeply buried traumas because there was no way you could have handled that at the beginning of your journey. You didn't have the capacity or the tools. Now you're so skilled and masterful yourself as a healer. Like you can handle the big stuff. So when you bump up against it, when it's really big, and I told you this, it's like the bigger the binge episode, that equals the intensity and magnitude of the internal energy or emotion that you've hit. Mm -hmm. And so when people are like, I've healed this, and then we get so frustrated that it came back, I'm like, oh, no, no, sister. Like, this is just the genius of your brain and body revealing to you, like, there is something so intense in here that I've gone to desperate measures. And I've reverted back to the only thing I know that is going to give me that sense of safety that you're talking about, which is food. It is our number one safety. It's our, like, when we're infants and we latch on to mama's breast for that milk, like, that is the first transmission of safety, that physical connection and breast milk. So there's a very strong correlation between what we consume and the felt sense of safety that our nervous systems pair together. Mm. So potent. It's like, that's how deep it is. Truly, Like it's so wired in our unconscious. Like that's why I was like, when I, I was watching my body do the thing and I knew I was like, this pattern is from when I was like one, it's so yeah, it's so deeply ingrained and you could create the story of like, I have no control over my experience, right? Like that could have easily been my story. Or it's like, this is a survival pattern that's playing and I'm watching a survival pattern. And that's one of the things that I teach that's like been so supportive for me is to separate who I am from my survival strategies. Right. Because then it takes the like, I'm bad. There's something wrong with me. It takes like a layer of the shame out and you can see the pattern for what it is of like, yeah, I'm reaching for mom's milk because this feels safe. And that just looks like protein bars now, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Same, same, different. Same, same, a little different. I remember when I told Sarah, like, uh, she's like, so what did you, you binge on? I was like chocolate protein bars and blueberry ice cream. And she's like, that's not even 
yummy. Like, <laughs> you know, like let's pick like, some good stuff here. Yeah, get some good stuff. If yeah, it was just so funny the way that you you did Although that. Although the but- almond butter is a very common food. Mm, Nut butters and almond butters. I hear people talk about binging on that all the time. Yeah. And and what you kind of were highlighting that's just very common is that there's the permission foods. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got the, oh, I'm not allowed to have ice cream and I'm not allowed to have candy bars. But we've told ourselves like we can have a protein bar or we can have almond butter and that's a healthy indulgence. And so that's why people will sometimes end up binging on those favorite health foods because really what you would rather have is, you know, just some good old sugary carbs, but that is definitely out of the question. So it's neat how your subconscious still had a little bit of control around what you were binging on. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember you were like, you just probably need a cookie. (laughs) I was like, and feel my feelings. (laughs) A little bit of both. Uh, There is this, like we said, when, when the magnitude of the experience is so big that it feels like there's a force that takes over you and you have no control because you were watching it. It's like, you're watching it happen. But in when that momentum is going, it's really hard to stop it. Mm-hmm. And that's where people get super frustrated at themselves because they're witnessing it and they're like, I don't want to be doing this, but I don't know how to stop it because there's this loss of control. And that is because it is coming from the survival response. Like that overrides any cognitive functioning because when you go into trauma response, cognition turns down. Like your brain is like, we don't need to solve a math problem right now. Like I don't need to be using my rational thinking. I need to like save my life, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so that's part of why that happens, which always points to, okay, we get to uncover like, what is it that you're experiencing internally that is activating that intense response that your brain has gone into that pattern? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so beautiful when there is safety in a container, you know, like I feel like when we have this intensity of something that wants to liberate, like my system also knew like you can't do this alone. Right. So it's like, thank you for naming that. Let's say that again. Y'all can't do this alone. Continue. You just, you can't, your body needs connection and it's reaching for food as a source of connection, as a source of like, I need to be held and supported through this. And, you know, because of all the work that a you and I do together already in our, our trauma healing journey. But like, you know, from what I've learned around trauma is like, when I'm in a response like this, like I can either continue to suffer or I can reach for safe connection. And you were the first person I thought of, I was like mid protein bar bite and texting you. (laughs) Which takes even more courage, honestly, because sometimes it's the people who we feel closest to that we can feel the most shame around them knowing, you know, cause like your opinion of me matters. Like I value you. And sometimes when it's people we don't know, we're willing to air out all of our dirty laundry. Cause I'm never going to see you again. And I don't care what you think about me, oh, you know? True. So those can be the scariest moments to reach in, in the time of need. Yeah. yeah. So I honor you for reaching. Yeah. And it was so interesting in the actual experience of what we did my mind was blown. I was not expecting that. I'm like thinking I'm going to go into the session and like tap on my forehead a bit and like say some like 
say some phrases. Oh, I'm laughing so hard right now. <laughs> that was literally what I thought I was going into. Which means everybody else is thinking the same thing. That's why I'm laughing. I'm like, when I talk about tapping and the inner work, the, the images that people have, the, the visualizations are probably hilarious. Yeah. And then Sarah comes in as this like energetic goddess queen, just like in in my like she could literally tune into exactly like the felt quality of these three different foods so she asked me she was like say like what are what are your three foods that you like crave and binge so i was like all right got my protein bars they used to be candy bars when i was younger ice cream now it's like blueberry protein milkshake whatever and then and then comfort food is like home cooked food so she had this like incredible attunement to like how each one of these foods symbolized an aspect that I felt lack around. And the first being these protein bars resembling my desire for just human connection and how the ice cream was subtly different. It was more of a quality of like, pleasure and partnership and wanting like union in a more intimate way. And then, you know, the home cooked food being the felt sense of family, of tribe. And I'm just sitting there like, what? It makes too much sense in my mind. I'm like, yeah, when I want connection, when I, when I desire pleasure, when I feel homesick, like, there are different foods that my body is craving and the craving is the felt sense. And like, you can logically understand that, you know, but to be held in this experience where she's feeling with you, you're feeling that part in yourself. And we did this, ex this exercise and experience where she was able to actually separate the emotion, the craving of, for example, like partnership out of the ice cream. And so like literally this week, I'm sitting here like eating a protein bar or ice cream. And these foods typically will have like charge around them. Like whether it's like, even when I eat them and it's like, yeah, I'm eating this, I'm eating this protein bar for lunch. I would like have guilt because I associated it with like the thing that I'm like, have a, have a difficult relationship with. And like all week I was like, no charge, no charge. Go to the grocery store. Usually I'm like walking by the protein bar aisle and there's like charge, like, okay, should I get it? Should I not get it? Like the thoughts weren't even there. <laughs> and I'm just, I just text you and I'm like, how, how, how you I are know. I try to tell people, I try <laughs> to tell people and I'm not the best spokesperson for myself. So thank you for so clearly articulating what is possible with this work. Yeah. And what you're describing is, you know, there's really two reasons why we're reaching for those foods. The first is that our brain has an emotional attachment to certain comfort foods. So the way that the brain is hardwired is it pairs the food with a feeling like you said, right? Ice cream equals pleasure, but it's hardwired in your mind. So anytime you're seeking pleasure, your brain is also pulling up ice cream as an option to give you that pleasure. And anytime you see ice cream, right? Even if you don't want it, it's immediately flagging the pleasure you would get if you had it. 
And a craving is the anticipation of how something is going to make you feel. So your brain, all it cares about is feeling good. So it is like really lighting up, wanting these foods that in your mind, it has created these emotional attachments with. It's so helpful when you realize that that's happening. And a lot of times those attachments are created in childhood because we had like you talked about home cooked meals, right? And comfort food is like the feeling of home and the love that was poured into the food that we ate or the birthday parties that were so much fun when we ate the ice cream. It's like the the energy of the memories and the people we were with and the love they had for us gets transferred into the foods. In psychology, we call it transference. So these food objects symbolize the feeling states that we experienced in these happy memories or safe memories from the past. And so now as adults, we're walking around not understanding why our brain is just constantly craving foods or eating more of the food than we need or we can't control ourselves around it. And it's all about that feeling. But what's even more exciting is that we can use a very simple but highly effective tapping process to literally just separate the food from the feeling. It's that simple, almost like sounds too simple to be good, too good to be true. Is that the saying? But you are my like living testament. And I have many more who, you know, we go through this round and it's like, oh my God, it neutralizes the charge. The food is the food. I still like ice cream. I can take it or leave it. But like, I'm my mind is not like fiending for it anymore. Mm -hmm. Emotion isn't there. Yeah. And I just want to presence that you don't just do tapping. (laughs) Also true. Also true. But specific to that technique, it was a tapping technique. Yeah. It's like there's there's tapping and energy work involved. And I just want to speak to your gift. I feel like I've I've worked, I've done tapping before. And there is this gift that you have that is so subtly being able to attune to your client system to get to the root, to, to really understand the subtle nuances and the level of accuracy that comes from like being seen and witnessed and held by someone who is so sensitively attuned to your experience. It just makes it even more effective right? Because the languaging that you're using, the the association that you're using is like so specific and so attuned to my system that I think that's also what creates this like really profound, effective, quick transformation. Cause you're, you're, it's like the needle is touching the point Mm -hmm. exactly where it needs to. It's fun for me. I'm like, I'm a little detective. We're just going to do a little excavation, see what's in here. Okay. We got to, I got to make sure I get the right association. Cause I know as soon as I find it, oh, locked in. Okay. We're good. Let's go. Like, let's, let's just separate this moving on. And, and, and people could have emotional attachments to 50 foods. I mean, depending on the relationship with food, you know, we could do this process, just this process alone for people on foods and it would radically transform their relationship. And I can't tell you, I like try to shout it from the rooftops and then like people, some people take me up on it and the people who take me up on it. And and I'm saying like, I've taught people like um, in my programs, I'm like, here's the process, just do this process. And I promise you it'll change your life. And they like, don't find the time to do it on their own. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's usually more beneficial to do it with me because sometimes it's harder for people to self-identify like what those specifics are. And as you're pointing to, like for me, it's, you know, fun for me to help laser in and attune 
to like what it is. So I yeah, guess that's and the other, like the, just speaking to that, it's like when we have had such a, a challenging relationship with food, like I felt like there was like a level of emotional numbness, you know? So like you were saying, it's like having someone to actually help you feel and sense what's happening because you know, for you, it could actually be chaotic to even go there. Um, and I just feel like when it comes to anything that's like really overwhelming for your nervous system, like big T, little T trauma, trauma is trauma. It's when you have an experience that is too overwhelming for your system to really process it. And I find that the moment that I recognize that I'm having an experience that is just too overwhelming for me to process on my own, I just, I reach now. I didn't used to be like this. I would isolate. I would try to read all the self-help books, do all the things by myself. And I just looped for years. Right. Yep. <laughs> Positive affirmations are not going to separate the, the food and the feeling neurologically, yeah. which is pretty exciting. I mean, they've actually done, I don't know if you know this, brain scans of people's brains before and after tapping with food cravings. Huh. And there's an actual change in the part of the brain that is activated after using tapping. Like it's neurologically proven to change the way the brain is interacting with food and that those changes are sustainable, meaning in six months and 12 months, like that is still present. It's permanent. Yeah. It chills. It, I, I know. I mean, I was literally mind blown just like, cause these are foods that I have in my house, you know, and like no charge healthy relationship. We're good now. Like there's no push pull. Like you're like the, the, like, I don't even know what, like, there's like something that wants to come through my mouth, but it's probably not going to make sense. But like, <laughs> the thing that, like I'm afraid of, like, like the protein bars are in my house and I would always have this like push pull relationship with it. And now I'm just like, you're there and I could eat you. I could not eat you. Totally. Yeah. And then the second piece for people to keep in mind, which is the second reason we reach is because of that trauma response that we mentioned or an emotional reaction, right? It's like the brain is seeking a way to experience safety or comfort or to try and regulate the nervous system. And so when I work with people, I'm looking at one, what is the emotional attachment to food? And then B, what is the energy? What's the emotion present in your body that's been activated that caused you to reach for that food in the first place? And so we also dove into that in your session a little bit and had had a big sort of uh, historical piece reveal itself. <laughs> she's, she's mouthing the words mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was really powerful to witness the three things that were most present for me and that these have been themes of of longing of craving my whole life you know and i feel like being able to have awareness that these three things are something that it's like there's so much of a charge around it a it shows me how much these things really mean to me right like connection family partnership or like so important in my life that I'm like craving it and like attaching myself to it. Um, but also like being able to now sense like, okay, there's a craving here. I now have this relationship of like, I mean, not that I've experienced a craving, so I don't even know if this 
all know how your, your witchcraft works. But if there were to be this experience, it's like, I know that, oh, like I'm, I'm really yearning for a partnership in this moment. Can I be with that? Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. That you get to actually feel your feelings rather than feed your feelings. Mm. And so if I'm not using food to soothe, that means I'm being with and allowing myself to fully embrace the emotion and energy that's arising. Yeah. I mean, that really is the place that the woman I work with, I'm trying to get them to. It's like, instead of healing to feel better, I'm getting better at feeling. And, and that is the gift that you give yourself because life is going to happen. Shit's going to happen. We're all going to continue to get triggered. More things from the past will reveal themselves. Like we need to learn how to navigate our own inner world and emotions in really healthy and effective and loving ways. Mm-hmm. And you're, I think, one of the most skilled people at doing that, you know, at really your your ability to be with something and be with it fully. You know, you're not bypassing. Yeah. Yeah. You go into the depth of the feeling it fully. If I'm in anger, let me feel the anger. If I'm in fear, I'm going to go into the fear, right? If it's terror, let me feel the terror, which can feel terrifying, especially if we're doing that alone, which is why like having a guide, a facilitator who can hold you in that safety is so important because for many of us, we didn't have the repair available as kids of a stable, healthy nervous system who could offer us the safety we needed to feel safe. So we have to start to do that for ourselves as adults with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. I I have found that the thing that we have the greatest challenge around tends to evolve into our greatest superpower, right? It's like food was one of your greatest challenges and now it's your greatest superpower. And for me, I couldn't tell you what I was feeling ever. I was like, I was just numb. Like I would be afraid and I would have no idea that I was feeling afraid. I had no sense of my emotional state. I had no idea what shame was, what guilt was, what apathy or fear, like all of these emotions were just, it was like, I was either numb or I was numb (laughs) pretty much. And so, yeah, I started studying about emotions and consciousness and it really started with David R. Hawking's work. And if you're someone that struggles to really sense your feelings, my favorite book literally of all time is called Letting Go by David R. Hawkins. And he goes through all of the different states of consciousness and you're able to actually feel what these, the essence of guilt or the essence of anger. And by having your awareness, understand the essence of these things, you can start to pay attention within yourself. For me, I had to go intellectual, intellectually understand what they were to then start sensing and feeling what these things were. And I had to go from my logical mind into my body. Like I had to understand the frameworks so that I could then use the frameworks within my inner landscape. And I feel like when we learn how to master our emotional state, we become so masterful at life. Because like you said, it's life is always going to bring challenge. And that doesn't mean challenge has to equate to suffering, right? Like 
this week I went through a challenge and I would not say that I suffered in my binge or any of it. Like it was an experience. I held myself in compassion. I was able to recognize a need and meet it and in love heal. And the whole experience has just been so amplifying, so gratifying, so deepening in our relationship. Like I'm so grateful it happened. Like, And I think that we can really condition our minds and our, our nervous systems to, instead of looking at everything from a lens of fear or shame or even apathy numbness, we can view through love, but it's a practice and it requires a purification process. And, and that's what we're all on in this journey, you know? Yeah, or hopefully people are feeling inspired to get on that journey, you know, as I'll they're hearing. Talk. Yeah, <laughs> join us. It feels way better over here. Yeah. You know, I joke to so many people. I'm like, as I've done this healing work, like, I feel more now. I cry more now than I ever have before. But it moves in both directions because, like you're speaking, it, it's it's with an energy of loving what is loving the pain when it arises and being with it. And then on the other side of that, it's the capacity to feel more of the pleasant energies, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the more we feel what, what we would coin as negative emotions, even though I don't believe they're actually negative, the more we feel the love and the joy and the bliss. And that's such a gift that we can give ourselves because I'm telling you, if you're eating to feel better, what you're really craving, what you mentioned, are these positive emotions. You're craving safety, you're craving connection, you're craving pleasure, you're craving happiness. You just haven't figured out how to fully experience that yet, Mm -hmm. but you can. Totally. I feel like the deeper I've gone on this journey, you're right. It's like I experience a deeper, like the more capacity, the more that you've held yourself through trauma and healing, like you now start meeting deeper pains and more intense pains. But like, I feel so alive. And I remember at the beginning of my healing journey, I just wanted to feel alive again. I wanted to feel what it felt like when I was five years old and just like rolling around in the grass and like feeling life pulsate through me. And that is what feeling does. It literally just increases your capacity to feel alive. And even the moments of momentary shame or anger or whatever feels so sacred, you know? Yeah, I sure do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're really, to me, it's so beautiful because as you're walking this path and teaching others how to do this, you know, you, you really live what you preach, which is how to embody the full spectrum of the human experience, but with such love and appreciation for all of it. It's it's a real superpower that it's, you know, so many of us resist. I do this still to this day. It's like, oh, I don't want this to be here again. Oh, do I have to cry one more time? Oh, another binge. It's like easy to get caught in the frustration that it's still happening. Yeah. And so how would you like, encourage people to be so open to witness what is and to allow what is and to embrace what is with this love that you're naming that we can feel that sometimes can feel so out of reach or hard to get to. 
Mm-hmm. Develop a spiritual practice. <laughs> I mean, my experience of life is just showcasing my connection to something greater than myself. And uh, I live in this way where I feel so deeply connected to source, spirit, God, the quantum field, whatever you choose to call it. I feel so connected to this intelligence of life that whatever life presents me, I meet it with like, it's like a dance, you know? And the deeper that you spend time with this energy, this intelligence, this field of awareness, like you develop a true relationship with it. And so, you know, when something comes into my experience, I can actually feel the like, how it's so interconnected to all of these other things that are, that are evolving and growing. And like, I, I experience all of these things are so sacred because they are, because they're being presented for me to expand into all that I came here to be. And I truly have this embodied felt sense that this universe, this God, this intelligence knows what I want and who I am and my my like purpose so much more intimately than than my thinking mind does. And so when I actually allow it to show me through life, through my life experiences, how to move, how to be, like, I feel so free. I feel liberated. I feel like I'm truly embodied in surrender, which is the purpose of this spiritual journey, you know, is to allow life to move us and to experience the miracles that it has. And so I would invite you, if you feel inspired, to allow this intelligence to guide you even in your practice. There are so many forms of deepening your connection to your spirituality. And there are so many ways that are going to be very unique to you and your soul and your evolution. So hold the intention if it calls to you that you want to deepen your spiritual practice and allow yourself to be guided. Beautiful. And there's a theme here around connection. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about the food symbolizes a connection or a craving for connection. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing you name is the ultimate craving for connection to like divine to God, to like this power beyond powers that is all things. And I see this with so many clients and this was my experience. Like I was so disconnected Mm -hmm. from spirit. And that was one of the connections I had to repair on my healing journey, which made all of the difference because when we're really going through it and feeling alone and there is no one there and we are craving connection, like when we can reconnect to the ultimate source of love and pleasure and allow that to feed us and guide us like you're naming. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is really one of the most important parts of this healing journey, whether or not it involves healing your relationship with food. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I, when I went through my experience, my episode, my, my binge this week, I was trying to make a really big life decision from my mind. I was trying to figure it out and strategize it because my lease is ending in two months. And I'm like, what do I do? Like where you live is so rooted to your survival. And so it kicked up a lot of survival responses. And, you know, I disconnected from something greater. And my human was trying to like make this decision. And it was like so overwhelmed. <laughs> it was like, because I I make so many decisions from my heart, my intuition. And anytime I rationalize, my system is like, what are you doing? This is not a good idea. You right. know? The more we stay stuck in our head trying to figure it out, the more we actually like make it worse in our system because we're totally ignoring like the energy or the message our body is trying to like get our attention about. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all about that connection, connection and safety and really getting our true needs met, like the need for love. Yep the need for intimacy, the need to feel like fully alive and on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's like, these are really the the things that the soul is hungry for mm-hmm. that will often default to food to try and fill those voids. And, you know, that's like never, never actually satisfies the way what our soul's really craving satisfies when we finally get that. Mm-hmm. So everyone can figure out for themselves, you know, it's, we all have these unique individual journeys and there can be a lot of similarity and overlaps, but ultimately, you know, it's your job to discover for yourself, like what's missing or what you're truly craving mm-hmm. or what you actually need. And maybe that is to deepen in a spiritual practice. And maybe that's to reach out for Tanine to be like, how do I expand my consciousness? What happened? <laughs> What's this witnessing your emotions business? I don't know what an emotion is. Like, she's got you. <laughs> I got you guys. <laughs> yeah. reaching out to me to do the work on food. You know, it's like people, the invitation is to make that connection like right now. Yeah. So that they can start to embark on the journey with the right guides and not have to do it alone. Because that that story of shame is what keeps us stuck in the isolation and loneliness. Yeah. Follow the call. It when the call comes from your heart, when it comes from a deeper place, it's never leading you wrong is my experience. When your beautiful brain doesn't get it and it logically doesn't make sense, it's still leading you in the right way. Totally. I, I tend to find that like what my heart wants rarely makes sense to my logical mind. And I think it's, it's fun to, even like when it comes to your day-to-day life, if you feel the call to like follow your heart to a different coffee shop, like do it, see what happens. Like that's how my practice started was like just following these like little hunches, these little calls and, um, and then watching miracles unfold. And so I love, I love like this conversation. I love the invitation. I just love you. So I love you too. And I would love for you to just share with everyone a little bit about the energetic revolution because, you know, you're just so incredible and the work you offer is really powerful. And I want them to be able to learn a bit more about that, that side of you. Yeah. 
Yeah, the energetic revolution is a six-month trauma-informed spiritual awakening certification program that I created for people who want to become spiritual healers, trauma-informed healers. I work with yogis, healers, and also people who really just want the fundamental tools of awakening for themselves. And I've watched this this work impact their families and their their friends, their communities. And so it's a six-month journey into the depths of understanding trauma and starting from the intellectual mind to understand how this field works. I studied the science of spirituality for almost a decade now. And so I speak to the intellectual mind around spirituality and what science has now been proving around spirituality. So the intellectual doubt that may be there around this greater power can start to soften. And we go really deep into the survival strategies that your system has created to keep you safe so that you can become aware of when you're in a survival strategy and when you're operating from your authentic soulful self. And we go through a six-month journey through all of your energy centers, through your development from when you were in the womb to now, and really clearing your whole system so that you can be embodied in your authentic expression. Wow. Which who doesn't want that? Right. It's so juicy. It's so intimate. And we go deep. And I am so grateful we just started the last round. And the next round will either be in late summer or fall. And so if it's something that you're interested in, definitely reach out. I would love to connect with you. Yeah. Where can they connect with you? What's the best way? Instagram, they can follow you. Yeah, come find me on Instagram. My name is I am Tanine Mateen. I'm sure I'll put it in our show notes. Yeah. Yeah. And also you can find more information at theenergeticrevolution.com. So either way, you can find information. If you felt really inspired by this podcast, reach out to me. I absolutely love connecting with everyone and talking all things trauma, spirituality. So don't be a stranger. That's I'm true. Scared. She means that when she says that. Oh, she, well, really, but- she really loves people. She loves the humans. I do. I do. And so, yeah, it's been such a um, expansive experience for me to have gone through this with you this week and to be able to share my experience and hopefully inspire other people to work with you because I know that this relationship that I've had with food has been really challenging for me for years. And to feel the immediate relief and freedom after this session, I could not recommend an experience like this more to the point where I shared this with my mom and my mom's like, can I get her number? <laughs> you know what? And the last thing I want to say, just for clarification around expectations, because some people hear this and they're like, "Yeah, I did more than one session with you, Sarah. And how come it didn't work like that? And you've done so much work up until this point that our session was like a, an intensive 
like there was a very clear thing that needed to happen. Yeah. Whereas for other people who are just starting out on their healing journey, it's like we, this is just one piece of a much larger puzzle. And yeah. there's layers and layers that they have yet to access and process yet that needs to happen for them to be able to experience what you're experiencing. So I just want to name that for any person who might be feeling bad or might think, oh, I can have one session with you and I'm all healed. It's like, let's just name that depending, you know, you're, you're just such a skilled healer and have such a capacity to be able to do this energetic work yourself that how a session is for you may be slightly different you know, than how it is for other people who are still in the numb phase or totally in the disconnected phase or just have a, you know, decades of trauma that they've yet to process. So, which isn't to say don't connect and reach, but just understand given where you're at, you know, the process looks different. And this is just why I have so much respect for you is you are so real. Like you're so authentic, you're so real. And I'm so happy you did bring this to light because yeah, I have been doing trauma healing work for years. I do this on people. So my ability to track my system, to really help liberate the energy, it was like a co-creative right. experience. And so much of healing is that it's a it's a co-experience, you know, and the more developed and the more skilled you become you know, you can accelerate your healing journey. And right. so, yeah. Right. The more you do the work, the more the work works. Yeah. Basically. I love that. So I know. True. That just came out the first time ever. <laughs> we'll like coin that, that term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the more you do the work, the more the work works. Yeah. Say that five times fast. <laughs> I mean, it's like with any skill, like healing is a skill. And self-healing is a skill. Feeling, like, yeah, emotional intelligence and awareness. Like these are skills that we should have learned as children that most of us did not learn. Yeah. So we're having to unlearn the basically emotionally closed off ways of being and relearn how to be fully feeling human beings. Totally. Yeah. Mm. So good. So good. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your experience and being willing to reveal, you know, it can be vulnerable to reveal those sorts of parts of ourselves that can feel shameful at times and your willingness to to stand in your truth and say, hey, like I'm also human and this was my experience and here's what it was like is just really permissioning for other people to, yeah, permissions them to share, it permissions them to ask, it gives them the hope of what's possible and it just leaves me inspired and hopefully everyone else who tuned in as well mm, i love you i'm so grateful i get to walk this journey with you yeah i feel so similarly sister like so grateful for you it was such an honor to like be here to have this conversation and such an honor to also witness you and your gifts mm -hmm. and your mission in this world i like feel like this experience has allowed me to see you more deeply and feel more connected to your why. And I'm just so, so in love with you and this life that we get to be in together. So thank you. The, the messy, beautiful life. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time. Bye, everyone. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Empowered Eating and Living podcast. If you liked today's episode, make sure to follow the show so you don't miss future episodes. And if you loved it, then please share this episode on your social media or send it to loved ones who may benefit from listening too. 